We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Fay hitting with a solo recap of the Nets win over the Pistons 123-108. The magic number is now one for the Nets to clinch a playoff spot, aka the sixth seed, and avoid the play-in game. We're gonna jump into this game and plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Also give us a follow on Instagram at Brooklyn Buzz Pod. But this is a game the Nets needed to take care of after last night's loss to the Timberwolves. They did that. It wasn't the prettiest fashion. We saw a lot of up and down, you know. Pretty much the same story with this team. Can't necessarily play four really good quarters or even in this one play three really good quarters. You know, that first quarter uh, included an offensive explosion from Joe Harris who knocked down six threes after Cam Johnson left the game for a brief period because of knee-to-knee contact. But that kind of was the boost the Nets got in this game and they are able to kind of carry that for a majority of the first half. Then the third quarter comes along. The Pistons make a run. They're getting easy shots. Spencer Dinwiddie's really struggling, turning over the basketball, you know, complaining to the referee. But at the end of the day, fourth quarter comes around. The Nets tighten it up defensively, knock down shots, do what they need to do, and land the win. And at you know, at the end of the day, that's what they needed. They needed to get a win, like going to this one. They needed either two wins or two Miami losses or a combination of one and one. They took care of their end in this one and credit them for that. And now with the matchups coming against Orlando and Philadelphia, who may be resting in that matchup on Sunday. They're in a really good spot to, to clinch a playoff spot. And that's what the goal was for this team after trading away Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So credit them for trying to make that happen and looking like they're going to make that happen and ultimately landing a matchup with the Sixers. But getting back into this game, you know, there was some hot and cold performances. I think, you know, the Nets arguably two best offensive players, and Mikel Bridges and Spencer Dinwiddie, both really struggled in this game. You know, Dinwiddie more from a scoring perspective and Mikel more from an efficiency perspective. You know, I guess looking at Spencer in this one had just one of those really hot and cold performances, finished with six points, one of 10 from the field, 0 of four from three, four of four from the free throw line, 16 assists, three rebounds, one steal, one block, two turnovers, and 10 of those 16 assists came in the first quarter. Really impressive stuff. Nets, as I mentioned, scored 47 in that first quarter and some of that Spencer's playmaking, some of that Joe Harris's hot shooting. But again, getting to Spencer, that third quarter is really where he struggled in this one. Having two turnovers, you know, a block shot that went out of bounds, just not able to find the synergy offensively in this one. It feels like his scoring has really been feast or famine. You know, you're either looking at 
him dropping 25 or dropping around 10 on rough efficiency. And tonight it was six points on rough efficiency out at one of 10 and 0 of four. So, you know, Spencer needs to be better against better opponents tonight against the Pistons. You can live with this matchup and you do appreciate the fact that he was able to contribute with his playmaking and land 16 assists, but it's really the emotion that got him in that third quarter and disrupted him. And the officiating obviously didn't help. And that's going to continue to be a trend. He doesn't get calls. He complains a lot. The refs don't seem to like him. It is what it is at this point. But getting over to Mikel Bridges, still you know, not shooting the numbers that he kind of set the standard for in Brooklyn, but still put up 26 points in this game, 10 of 26 from the field, 2 of 11 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line, 3 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 block, 1 turnover. And as we've talked about before, you know, you like Mikel staying confident and still trying to you know, find his shot and do what he needs to do out there, given his role on this team. And I thought he had some really nice and one finishes in this game, including one going left, falling out of bounds, with a, a right floater at a weird angle, got it to go down, knocked down the free throw. Really good stuff. I think his ability to get to the free throw line is really helping his rough shooting nights. You know, 10 of 26, not the end of the world, but still not great. Getting those five extra attempts at the line make a difference. And also, you love the six assists from Mikel Bridges. You know, he's continuing to improve as a passer and he's getting less predictable. You know, you see him get in turnover trouble when he's making very predictable passes and, you know, it's only one rotation necessary from the defense. Now, he's reading some of those coverages a little bit better, doing what he needs to do. And I thought defensively in this game, he had some really nice possessions, including a block in that fourth quarter on Jaden Ivey. So, Mikel probably is going to be a guy that could benefit from the Nets clinching a playoff spot and essentially getting that week off before the playoffs begin. You know, you look at his three-point shooting dropping. You know, there were, it felt like a good chunk of his early attempts were short. He tried to uh, fix the problem, ended up making his you know next five attempts long. So I think him kind of getting back into his rhythm, getting some rest, this is a new workload for him and something he's going to continue to adjust just to the rest of this season, the playoffs, and really over the offseason and really not probably take another form until next year. But he's been awesome and continues to be a star for this Nets team. Moving over to another guy who's been a star for this Nets team is Nick Claxton, 19 points, 8 of 9 from the field, 3 of 3 from the free throw line, 7 rebounds, 2 offensive, 2 assists, 2 steals, 3 blocks, 1 turnover. Clax obviously didn't have the best day in the post against, you know, Jalen Duran and James uh, Wiseman, but still able to impact the game defensively with the three blocks of two steals, jumping into passing lanes, you know, locking down Jaden Ivey in one-on-one situations, kind of teaching the rookie that he is, you know, the best switch big in the NBA. And also he gave us what he always does, you know, one really nice highlight and probably in this one two really nice highlights he had the oop over Jalen Duran, and then he also had the fake dribble handoff into kind of a weird angled floater which is just very unique for someone his size to do so Clax continues to just show us a little bit more and more every single game and he's he's really continues to impress and I think there's again another step for him offensively giving some of give it some of the off the dribble stuff we've seen 
throughout this season and his ability to just really contort the body and improve his touch and finish around the rim. So Clack's not only a defensive juggernaut for this team, but now becoming more of an offensive impact player. Uh, Dorian Finney-Smith missed this game with a uh, wrist contusion. You know, we in last night's game against the Timberwolves, ended up kind of getting rejected by the rim, looked like he banged himself up there, was not able to play tonight. So Royce O'Neal got to start and he stepped up 15 points, 5 of 10 from the field, uh, 4 of 9 from 3, one of two from the free throw line, seven rebounds, eight assists, two blocks, one turnover. Royce continues to step up. He's been awesome for this team post trade deadline and's had a really good season. You know, the eight assists is is really good stuff. You know, that's just impressive for him to be able to find ways to create for others, given he's not a slippery offensive player. He's not a guy that's going to really break you down and, you know, find those spots. A lot of it is making that extra pass, being a connector offensively and taking advantage when he does get, you know, a chance to run the pick and roll. He threw a great oop to Clax in this game. So Royce, awesome stuff. I hit a lot of big threes and deep threes in this game. So He's working, and also they asked him to bang against Biggs the entire entire night. So he he really steps up wherever you need him to, and he filled up the stat sheet tonight. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And moving over to Cam Johnson, 15 points, 6 of 8 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 5 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, did have 4 turnovers. Uh, Cam, as I mentioned, banged knees with Jaden Ivey early in this game, Uh, ended up you know, leaving for a couple minutes and landed back on the floor in the second quarter. But it felt like this is another game where maybe Cam Johnson needs some more shots. You know, going 6 of 8 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, you know, are there more opportunities to generate looks for him? You know, run him off from screens, you know, like you do with Joe Harris or, you know, just get him some more touches in position where he can just score rather than asking him to create. There's a couple times where, you know, maybe a little bit too much contact and not able to get the call or just not able to kind of hold his positioning and led to turnovers. But Cam continues to showcase a little bit off the dribble. You know, he seems to really like that behind the back dribble, something we've seen him go to a lot the last couple games. And I think another area that could help him kind of take a step forward, given he's not an elite athlete, 
is probably just get stronger. You know, I think that's, as I mentioned, that that's what led to a couple turnovers, getting bounced off his spot and not being able to kind of hold down. If he's able to initiate contact and then do what he wants to do, he's a lot more successful. And there was a play in this game where he, he did that. He drove to the paint, bounced off, and was able to finish. Now, sometimes he's looking to get the contact and he's not able to absorb it and get to where he needs to be. That's an area of growth for him in the offseason. I think Cam Johnson is just a very intriguing player, as you know we've talked about over the last couple of pods. Is there's just a lot of areas where he can get slightly better, better, and it could drastically improve his game. But moving over to the bench unit, we talked about Joe Harris, 18 points, six of nine from the field, six of nine from three, two rebounds, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks. Uh, the strange thing about Joe in this game is. You know, six of eight from three in the field in the first quarter, and the Nets weren't really able to generate him more looks, and he really didn't see a ton of minutes. And I think that's just an interesting decision by Jacques Vaughn, especially in a night where Dorian Finney-Smith is out. You know, there's an opportunity to give someone more minutes, and a guy who was just cooking from three, it just felt like the Nets didn't go to him enough. And that's, as I mentioned with Cam Johnson at times, it's just the offense doesn't ride the hot hand sometimes, and it's definitely infuriating. You know, even to end that first quarter, you know, Spencer decided to ISO some possessions, run a play, try to get Joe another three. The guy was just feeling it, and I think that's where they just miss opportunities. You know, it's and it's not just Joe and Cam Johnson. Even at times, it's Mikel Bridges and Royce O'Neal and other guys. When they're hot, find them shots. And Joe has obviously had a super up-and-down season. He's been better post-trade deadline, but you want to get his confidence up and try to ride him because he could be a nice boost to that bench unit who's been super inconsistent other than Royce O'Neal. But, you know, a lot of guys did perform tonight. Getting to another guy who I thought performed well off the bench was Dayron Sharp. You know, after not being able to play against Minnesota and looking bad defensively in this game, he looked comfortable. And I think some of that's the matchup going against the other young bigs, but also just the lack of lack of putting him out there on the perimeter, you know, not forcing him to switch, allowing him to stay in that paint and roam and be in an area he's comfortable defensively, finished with 10 points, four of six from the field, seven rebounds, five offensive, had two steals. The only, you know, one big negative mark was two of six in the free throw line. Love to see him at least go four of six in that situation. I think an area that sticks out for him defensively is that he just jumps way too soon. You know, he leaves his feet kind of like the first note that someone's driving to the rim. And I think some of that's him having to because he's not that elite athlete. He's not a guy that's super springy, so maybe he needs to guess sometimes. But that's really what leads to him being in a bad position defensively a lot of times and you know setting the other team up for easy buckets and to be honest the Pistons had a lot of good looks in the paint with their bigs. It just they just weren't able to do it enough consistently and you know do it when it mattered in that fourth quarter. But getting to Edmund Sumner, who was the first guard off the bench, you know, he got he got on the floor before Seth Curry and Cam Thomas. He finished this one with eight points, three of four from the field, all one from three, two of two from the free throw line, and had one rebound, two turnovers as well for Sumner. Sumner wasn't necessarily amazing, but he wasn't bad and he wasn't getting cooked defensively. And I think that's something that a lot of fans and media have asked of Vaughn is, you know, put Sumner out there and see what he can do rather than ride with Seth, who we know what Seth can do. You know, he's a liability defensively and can occasionally get hot offensively. And we saw that tonight. You know, Seth was 0-1 from the field, 0-1 from three, two rebounds, one assist, zero points. And he was a guy that it felt like at times, you know, Detroit was looking to attack. But overall, you know, I don't think it was a, a great performance for Sumner, but I think he's just less of a liability defensively, which does matter. And Utah Watanabe saw a little bit of 
regular minutes in this game. Also saw a good chunk of garbage minutes in this game. Finished with six points, two or three from the field, two or three from three, one rebound, one being offensive, and did have two fouls. But Yuta just kind of did his thing. I think he just has not really found his rhythm since you know the trade deadline in with this new group. David Duke Jr., Drew Smith, guys that got kind of thrown out there in garbage time really didn't do enough for us to have anything to talk about. But you know, the Nets got the win. That's really all. That's that's what the goal was tonight. Take care of business. Do what they needed to do. Now looking to that next matchup. Hopefully they can take care of the Magic and then have a chance to rest their guys Sunday and even extend that break and really set themselves up to compete with the Sixers in that first round matchup. But getting to just a couple more stats for this game. Uh, the Nets did only have 11 turnovers, forced 14 turnovers for the Pistons, one second chance points, 21 to 17, one fast break points, 13 to 11, one points in the paint, 48 to 40, won the rebounding battle, 49 to 43. So a lot of positives for the Nets, and they found ways to be very impactful in this game. For the Pistons, on the other hand, 13 of 28 from three really was a huge factor in keeping them in this game, and RJ Hampton having that ridiculous third quarter. And I think another really nice stat for the Nets in this game is 36 assists for 45 made field goals. When they're moving the basketball, generating good looks as a team, that's when they're great. You know, it's when they get stagnant, settle for bad shots, take early deep threes in the shot clock. That's that's when they struggle, and that's where they can blow a lead like they did in this game. You know, this is a game that you felt like in that third quarter, maybe they go up 20. Maybe they go up 25, and they're able to kind of coast in that fourth. But they're just they I feels like they lack the mental stamina sometimes to play really well for four quarters or even an entire quarter because there's just these lapses where they make mistakes offensively, you know, be it bad sh- uh, shot shot choice or be it where they're not attacking bad defensive personnel on the floor and defensively, you know, there'll be times where they overcommit or they just get lost off ball, you know, ball watching or just not being engaged enough. And those are the mistakes that they need to clean up for the postseason because as we've mentioned a million times on the show, post-trade deadline, there's not really a lot of room for error in this team. You know, they have to be on point in every aspect they can control because there's going to be offensive issues. There's going to be limitations because of the roster and the skill sets, but they'll have a chance if they can compete and do what they need to do in all those other areas. But we'll see how it plays out, see what they do against the Magic in this upcoming matchup, and hopefully they can clinch that sixth seed and have a real opportunity to rest for a week. As always, big thanks to everybody for listening, and check the buzz on all streaming platforms. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.